Well, most of us have heard the news by now. The president has just extended the quarantine or uh, shelter-in-place initiative and command or whatever you want to call it for the um, the next 30 days. And so I began to think through, all right, what can we do for the next 30 days as we shelter in place? All of us are being encouraged as Christians. We're all being encouraged to make the most of our time, to redeem the time and Uh, I got to thinking, all right, how can we redeem the time together? And I thought about this. I remember when I was at Kennesaw State University, um, back when I was, before I had started my time at First Baptist Church of Atlanta, there was a pastor who used to be one of the pastors at First Atlanta. He encouraged us one time to take the wisdom challenge. And the wisdom challenge was if you do five Psalms and one proverb a day, you'll be you will have read those two books in an entire month, and so I took that challenge. And I'm not afraid or ashamed to admit this. Growing up, even though in a Christian home, I never read through the Bible for my own. I'd probably read good portions of it, but never made it my effort. Even through going through Christian college for a while never had read the Bible until this pastor challenged me. So I thought, 31 days, this is easy. Get through two of the largest books, at least, you know, I thought, the Psalter at least, 150 chapters. That'll be great. We get through those. And I did. And uh, in a month, and even through Psalm 119. And then we... Uh, I, I thought, well, why not go and read the rest of it? We're already through... Psalm, Psalms and Proverbs, why don't we just go ahead and read through the rest of the Bible? And I did. And I read a couple of pages a day, a couple of chapters a day before class, and it took me about a year to read through the Bible. So that sort of was the idea that catapulted this idea together. So I thought, let's go through the whole book of Psalms every night together, about nine o'clock, about this time, I'll try to release a brand new podcast going through five Psalms a day. Now, some of you are already thinking, wait just a minute, Andy, you say uh, 31 days will get you through 150. Well, so 30 days will get get you through 145. Well, uh, I know what you mean. We'll just have to give ourselves an extra day because, of course, April has 30 days. I know that song just went through your head. It just went through mine, too. But we'll get through this together. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to spend no more than about 10 minutes each night just going through the highlights of the Psalms. And so I just encourage you, if you would, get a Bible. Uh, I'm reading from the English Standard Version. That's one that I prefer. Maybe you can get one of those Bibles and just join me here every night and uh, hold me accountable to it. Text me for those of you who have my number. Send me an email for those of you who have that. Make sure that I am uh, putting together something like this, informal, just going through the Psalms together. So let's go through them. I'm just going to make some brief comments. I'm looking at my time here. Yeah, we're doing pretty good. Uh, five minutes for five psalms. Hey, for those of you who know me, I know we're never going to finish. But anyway, let's go ahead and get started. So the Bible says the first psalm is so important. The first two psalms are so important because there's really a 
there's really reason to believe in uh, that the psalms are intended to be read in a certain way. Each psalm can stand individually on its own, but there is a messianic thrust to the entire book of the psalms. And we learn that really from the first two psalms, which some have said are like the two uh, main foundations that are foundation uh, foundation poles that hold the whole house of the Psalter in place, and of course Psalm one begins with this picture of this blessed man. This blessed man, we learn that he's one who uh, walks not in the counsel of the wicked, and this is why it's important for us to think about what the story of the Bible is. The story of the Bible is not primarily about me and you. We're in it, of course. It has to do with us. But the story of Scripture is really about God. And so when we read Psalm 1, our first thought should be, as Christians, of who fits the mold of this blessed man. And from a Christian perspective, it's not this call to do better. It's this call to be in Him who is the blessed man. This man walks not in the counsel of the wicked. He doesn't stand in the way of sinners, nor does he sit in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. Does that remind you of anything that we've heard Jesus say? Didn't he say that he always delights to do the Father's will and that the Father is always delighting in him? Well, here's the good news of the gospel. Because of Jesus, because of of Jesus, we are, or this psalm that's true of him, is also true of us who are in Christ. And of course, that's contrasted with uh, the wicked as well, as it uh, gives us this beautiful picture of uh, perpetual uh, perfection. He is like a tree planted by streams of water uh, that yields its fruit in its season. Its leaf doesn't wither, and all that he does, he prospers. And of course, the wicked are not so. And the reason that we further believe that the first two Psalms are important and the whole Psalter points messianically is, look what happens in chapter 2. We learn about the nations raging against the Lord and his anointed. And then look at verse 6. As for me, God says, I have set my king on Zion in my holy hill. And then it says, and look at verse 7, I will tell of the decree the Lord said to me, Who's the me? You are my son. It's the king. Today I have begotten you. Ask of me, and I will make the nations your heritage, the end of the earth your possessions. And then going ahead into chapter 3, and there again, please read these for yourself. Uh, we learn that the Lord is a shield about us, the glory and the lifter of our heads. And then we learn at the end of chapter 3 in verse 8, salvation belongs to the Lord, your blessings be on your people. And then in chapter 4, we learn this beautiful truth of the Lord who gives us relief, the Lord who is gracious in hearing our prayer, the Lord who sets the godly apart from himself. Even in the midst, look at verse 6, of all of these verses, many who say, Who show us some good? And then here's our prayer. 
Lift up the light of your face upon us, O Lord. And then here's the promise. You have put more joy in my heart than they, uh, than they have when their grain and their wine abound. In peace I both lie down and sleep, which is answering the trouble that he had in the beginning. Uh, for you alone, O Lord, make me dwell in safety. And then finally, chapter 5. Look at this. Give ear to my words, O Lord. Consider my groaning. Give attention to the sound of my cry. Now listen to how personal this is. My King and my God, for to you do I pray. O Lord, in the morning you hear my voice. In the morning I prepare a sacrifice for you. And then what does he do? He watches. And then verse 11, there again, please read these yourself. Let all who take refuge in you rejoice. Let them ever sing for joy and spread your protection over them, that those who love your name may exult in you. For you bless the righteous, Lord. Listen, you cover him with favor as a shield.